It's unnecessary roughness. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. Burst through the hole. 20. 25. 30. He's off to the races. Here in Seattle, nobody's going to catch him. 25. 20. 10. Ball game. Bye bye, Josh. 86 yards in overtime to walk it off for a second straight week. Touchdown, Raiders. Victory, Las Vegas. I have nothing to say. Oh, my goodness. Let's go home. <laughs> This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Got to give big ups to my man Alex. Got registered for those four tickets to the Aviators. If you get hooked up with those Aviator tickets, it's going to get you another step closer to the Lotus Summer of Fun, the trip, or, of course, you can take the cash. The cash is $3,000. So big ups to my man Alex. We actually have more winning on the way coming up this hour. We'll do it again. As we're in hour number three of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We are supposed to be joined by Coach Ken Carter, the real Coach Ken Carter. But as he's taking care of his team, the Ramblers, during Slam Ball, he just let me know that ESPN actually has them doing something right now. So he's not able to join us right now. So we're going to push it back till tomorrow. And that's okay. Because, again, uh, ESPN being a part of Slam Ball is a big deal. It really is. It's getting a lot of eyeballs on something that may not be getting the attention that it probably should. And we got... Matter of fact, we have tickets to Slam Ball. I think we'll be giving some out, or we should be giving some out at some point. I gotta find some and locate them. I gave some out last week when we were at the uh, at the Sahara Las Vegas at the Zilla Ultra Pool. I gave some out there, so uh, we'll give out some tickets to Slam Ball. It's gonna be here in Vegas for the next six weeks or so. So uh, Coach Ken Carter will join us tomorrow. Uh, but I do appreciate the fact that he reached out and was like, "Hey, this is what's going on. I don't want you guys to call and I don't answer the phone because that happens." Quite a bit, and then Ari gets mad, and then I get mad at Ari because I'm like, "What are you doing over there?" He's not answering the phone. Why? <laughs> Why is it so hard, Ari? <laughs> it went right to voicemail. Well, Come make on, sure man. it doesn't go to voicemail. Figure it out. Then I have to explain the green text thing. Or no, you know what that is? <laughs> the uh, what? Like the, the the green? Well, you have yeah. So that if it's sometimes if uh, if it's an iPhone, it comes in blue. Yeah. And if you get a green text on that iPhone, and you know the person has an iPhone, it does. It's yeah. possible they're like on a flight, or their gotcha. phone went dead, and so. That's what happens. Look, you got you got all. I, I look, man. It's when a it's science. a when it's a green text and they got an iPhone, I just figure that they're trying to uh, pull a hustle on me. Right. Like I really don't want to talk to Q, so let me go on and put them on green. Not put them on red, but put them on green. Not available. <laughs> right, exactly. Not so. Anyway, so Coach Ken Carter will join us uh, tomorrow at I believe four o'clock. So that's fine. Not not a problem. Uh, I definitely appreciate Coach, and like I said, I appreciate him reaching out. So we've been asking the question: What is the one question you need answered or you want answered by the time? camp is over my big question that I had if you're just tuning in was about the defense and does it look like it can come together do they do they look like they understand what they're supposed to be doing are they kind of going around there flying around as, as opposed to playing slow right do they look like they could be that defense that can complement the Raiders offense because as long as Jimmy G's out there and he is out there I believe that offense can be really good but we want to hear from you at 69187 keyword r and and of course 702-365-9200 and then of course anything else that's on your mind you can always chime in as well on the don'tbebroke.com text sign and the phone line this one's from the 707 hey q i learned about the trap block the hard way so don't feel bad in jv training camp i was playing defensive tackle and the ball was snapped i was so excited that huge hole in front of me straight to the quarterback so i went through it full speed well as you know, from a trap block, my pinback ears were knocked sideways with a whap. 
Full speed block from my side that I never saw coming. After getting up off the ground, realizing that I bit on that one, trap block lesson learned, I would not fall for that again. You can't coach a lesson like that. And that's absolutely true. 707, definitely appreciate that text right there. And, yeah, man, I mean, again, there's certain things that you learn, and there's only one way of learning it, and that's being on the wrong end of it. And I don't like being on the wrong end of some things, especially when it comes to football and you, uh, you know, you getting getting blown up like that. I did make one play once, and I, I said one play because I, I, I can only remember this one. Only because I, I remember how happy my son was when he saw me make the play. Uh, and then I so I, anyway, so on this play, it's third down. It's like third and long. And for some reason, this guy throws like a screen pass and this running back that gets it has plenty of wiggle to him. I don't know how he has so much wiggle, but he's he's breaking every single tackle. And then all of a sudden I see him and I realize at least I feel like I know where he's about to jump. Like he's about to do this little jump stop or whatever and 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 get out of the lane. So I jump into the spot where I think he's going to be. And so I made the play because, you know, I, I was right there and boom. And so they didn't get the first down. So I was so pumped up and I looked over at the sideline. <laughs> right. It's one of those <laughs> celebrated for no reason. I was so excited and pumped up. I looked over the sideline. I see my son kind of pumping his fist like he was happy and everything. So I go running off because it's fourth down. They got to kick a field goal now. Right. I go running off the field to celebrate the big hit that I just made. And realize that there's only 10 guys left on the field. So they had to kick a field. They kicked the field goal, and my team only had 10 guys on the field because my dumb self ran off, ran off the field celebrating the play I made. They did miss the field goal, so I did, it wasn't that bad. But, yeah, that was, the, that was when you celebrate and you shouldn't celebrate. You should act like you've been there, done that. I actually called Case Kiefer out today, our good, our good friend from the uh, Las Vegas Sun in the media room today. He, he threw a, a water bottle to the trash can, and it went in. And he immediately, like, turned around like he wanted to celebrate. And I was like, dang, dog, like, you act like you ain't never been there. Like, you didn't expect that thing to go in. Now you're trying to celebrate. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I took a lesson from myself, right? I mean, you got to make a play, and you got to act like you've been there, done that before. So there's that. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. You've been having fun going down uh, memory lane today, right? <laughs> it's kind of what we do. 702-365-9200. We'd love to hear from you as well. Ari, who we got up first? Let's go to Raider Dave. Raider Dave, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, man, you know, you're right about the defense, but, man, there's so many holes. The Raiders' defense for the last two years have started seven new players each of the last two seasons, and it may be eight this year. But I think the one position is right tackle. Okay. Because I don't know who's going to do it and what level they're going to do it is going to be satisfactory enough that McDaniels isn't going to go pick somebody else up. That's a good point. No, that's a good point, and, and I want to see what that looks like. Right, I mean, because you look at that offensive line, and the right tackle has been one of those question marks for a very long time when it comes to the Raiders, and they've tried to address it. They've tried to bring in free agents to fill that void. They just haven't got there. When Jermaine Illuminor signed his contract, uh, you know, he he re-upped his contract. He said, "Me and Colton Miller will be the best uh, bookend tackles in the league." I think that Jermaine Illuminor is good, but I definitely think that there could be an upgrade there. Right, I definitely do. So, who's going to fill that void? Is it going to be Thayer Mumford? Is it going to be Dalton Wagner? Is it going to be Curtis McClendon? Is I mean, is there is there a guy that's standing out right now on on the Raiders roster that that can possibly get it done? I mean, there's there's multiple guys along that offensive line that they feel good about. Or is it going to be a guy that they say, you know what, none of these dudes in house are going to get it done at the level that we want, so we got to go out of house, like Raider Dave just said. I think that's a good question. We kept waiting last year, at least I did. I say we, but I know I did. When cutdowns came. I was like, oh, okay, they're going to go get the right tackle right there. Like when cuts down, there's going to be a guy out there available. They're going to get a guy. And they didn't. So they went in 
uh, with the guys that they had. And, and at some point they tried to figure it out, and it took a while to figure it out, but they eventually did. But I think that they have to get into the regular season with those starting five. Raider Dave, thanks so, so much for the call. Definitely appreciate you. Who we got up next, Ari? Gangster Raider. Gangster, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening? Hey, my um, what I want to know is on the first day, did y'all see like any kind of issue with the team camaraderie, you know, with Josh Jacobs not being there? Did the team seem like a little down or was everybody still up, up and at him, ready to go? That's my first concern. And the um, second thing I want to say is I love Slam Ball. I, I thought Slam Ball would take off and be huge when it first came out. Matter of fact, me and a couple of buddies of mine, we was trying to own us our own Slam Ball team for Slam Ball to be back. That's huge. I, I'm think, I'm, I still want to see if we can get into some ownership because I thought Slam Ball was going to take over. I don't know why it's not bigger than it really is. Have, have y'all actually seen the game Slam Ball? Yeah, it's phenomenal. You know, I mean, I, I don't know why this isn't huge. And I love Slam Ball. I'm glad it's back. So I'm pumped up about that. But also, I want to know: Did you see any kind of letdown with the camaraderie or the spirit of the team because of what's going on with Josh Jacobs, or was it still like? solidify or you you know what I mean yeah you feel any kind of like angst or whatever amongst the team because of what's going on with their brother JJ right good hey good call good stuff and yeah slam ball is fantastic it really is and I think that with ESPN's backing I think that it has a chance to take off especially in the summertime right when there's not a whole lot going on I think it has a chance to take off I know Mason is very excited about it he thinks the same opportunities in front of him and you know it, it, it it's fun it looks like a whole lot of fun out there. Uh, we were out there last week to check it out. So, yeah, I'm excited it's back as well. They've got a lot of really good investors behind it. I think they raised like over $11 million. So, I mean, look, you're, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take, so go for it. So, uh, it, it's, it's, it's fun. I think they're still trying to figure out how many games in one setting is enough and how many is too much. You know, because when we, me and Little Q showed up there on Friday last week, we got there about 6.30, and there was starting to be some people leaving, and they had already watched like three or four games. And then we watched another three or four games, right, once we got there. So uh, we, we, we didn't leave there until after 9. So there, there may be a, a, you know, a sweet spot where they're like, okay, that's too many games. Let's only do three or four in one day or whatever the case may be. But they're working on it. I think it has an opportunity. As far as the team goes and the camaraderie, and everyone looked fine. They really did. And even Max Crosby, when he talked about, you know, Josh Jacobs situation, he was like, hey, you know, I, I understand. I, I got his back. I want him here selfishly. You know, I'm, I tried to convince him to, to sign the deal because I just wanted him here. But I understand that, you know, he's a great back and there's many great backs in the league that all need to get their their deals taken care of. So, uh, no, I think everybody everybody was fine and they understand what's going on on the business side of things because at the end of the day, every single one of those players all know that it's a business side. And at some point, they have to figure out the business side, whether it's a Devontae Adams getting the franchise tag and then getting traded, whether it's Max Crosby signing a contract extension, whether it's Jimmy G uh, having to pass a physical and get an adjusted contract because he didn't. I mean, there's everyone falls victim to the business side of, of things, one way or the other. Somehow it shakes out, and sometimes it doesn't shake out. But, yeah, so every, everybody, as far as I'm concerned, on day one, everybody seemed just fine. Thanks for the call. We do appreciate you. Who's up next, Ari? Raider Mac. Raider Mac, our guy. Welcome to the show. Raider Mac, what's on your mind? What's up, Q? You guys doing a great job as usual, man. I, this is when I get fired up, even though, you know, I'm not as high as going to be up as high as I was last year because, you know, I, I think around this time we got Devontae Adams and, and, and Chandler Jones and all that other stuff that we was doing last year. But um, my biggest concern is that secondary, man. I'm not convinced. Okay. Marcus Peters. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to people calling hating, uh, you know, hating on, hating on you 
because I'm telling you, Marcus Peters is is is, is not the answer. He he take too many chances, and the biggest thing with him is he gonna co- cost you a is he gonna cost you a game. And what what I mean cost you a game is he gonna get a penalty at the wrong time because he gets he gets really hypered and he gets out of control sometimes. And I'm not saying this. This is just the facts that that is. My my concern is the secondary. I don't know. I'm hoping uh, Trayvon Murray, you know, my guy, mm-hmm. he steps up this year and and stuff. But he's gonna be pushed. It, don't get it. Don't get it uh, straight. Get it. Get it correct. Is that get him right in the secondary? Uh, also, Q. I, and the la- last question I want to ask. You know that you know there's a new rule on the kickoff. Is that gonna? Do you think that's gonna affect? The, the field position for, for the Raiders because we were one of the worst teams as far as field position um, getting the ball. We started at our average around our 25-yard line most of the time where everybody else was like 28, 30-yard line. So, and I, I'll go from there. You guys have been great. Thank you. And I can't wait to listen for tomorrow too. Hey, thank you so much, Raider Mac. Appreciate you. And you know what? I'm so glad you brought up that kickoff rule. Uh, something when it when it when it was passed, I hated it. It's something I hate now. Uh, I mean, it's guaranteed that the Raiders should always start at least at the twenty-five, right? Because you can now field the ball in in, in the field of play. You can field it at the two or three yard line and still get the twenty-five if you fair catch it, which I think is dumb. But that's just me. Whatever. Um, and and that's an issue with the Raiders for a while. You know, we talk about the red zone offense. They have struggled with field position. It would be great, and I don't know if it's Trey Tucker. I don't know if it's DeAndre Carter. I don't know if it's Ari. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's Raider Mac. Somebody has got to be back there that can make a play. Somebody's got to be back there that can put them in good position more times than not. You know, good field position. And what I mean is the plus side of 25. The 25 is guaranteed now. It should be, right? You should be able to always get the 25. So my my idea of a successful kickoff return is plus side of 25. What are you going to give me that's more than 25? Can you get me the 30 consistently? Can you try to get close to the 35? Can you give me 10 yards almost? And I know this that's that's lofty, but give me something. Hell, can you one-time kick return and take it to the house? I've been begging for that for, I don't know, I'm 46. I feel like 46 years. Right? Can can I think the special teams, I think that's a great point by Raider Mack. Is the field position going to be affected with this new kickoff rule? I think it's going to be affected with Daniel Carlson kicking off. I think instead of being able to pin guys back within the you know the 10-yard line, and I think he's really good at that, team, teams are going to just say, oh, I'm fair catching that. I'll take it at the 25. I, I, I hate the rule. I'll be the first to tell you, and I know that everybody's going to say what they're supposed to say out loud and be politically correct, and this is a family show, so I don't ever want to be disrespectful, but I think the rule sucks. <laughs> right? I do. I know that they, they're they erring on the side of caution, you know, because of in injuries. I get it. I get it. I don't want anyone injured either. I talked about getting ear hold on a special teams play myself. It's not fun. I get it. But I think you're taking a skill set away from a guy like Carlson. A, a something that he has done really well, pinning, pinning guys back, and now all of a sudden, oh, no, I ain't messing with that. You know, I mean, it's one thing if it goes into the end zone. Okay, cool. That's 25-yard line. No problem. But now you can field it at the two or three, and you still get the twenty-five yard line without any work, but catching the damn ball. Come on, I, I was I was hot when that when that rule passed. Like I'm, it's just bringing up you know memories right now, so I'm getting hot again. 
It's like when someone stole your lunch money and you're like, damn, man, I remember that. I was going to eat that pizza that day. I can't. I ain't got that pizza no more. I ain't got that pizza money. Like, it's, it's that day, right? You're getting mad. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up. Thank you so much for that. What was the other part of the question he was talking about? Oh, Trayvon Merrick in the secondary. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was disappointing not to see Nate Hobbs out there. Uh, I don't know if that has to do with his eye injury that he, that he suffered in the softball game on Saturday at the Battle for Vegas, or he just wasn't out there. But the secondary, they do have a lot to prove, right? Marcus Peters, I do think that he's going to help bring some juice, but he's not, he's not Marcus Peters that had eight or nine interceptions, you know, in a season back in Kansas City or even early with the Rams. I mean, he's, he's, you know, 30 years old, so he's a little bit different. But think about it, man. They had six interceptions last season as a team. Marcus Peters, even at 30, could probably get four himself, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it, it's up to these other guys to step up and actually make plays. That's one of the biggest problems that they've had is the inability to make plays. And I, I, I said it, Raider Mac, and, and I know that you've doubted Trayvon Merrick. I'm with you. He's, he's got a big, big training camp, big preseason in front of him. He's got to go out there and make plays and show that, that he deserves to be out there. And I'll tell you right now, from all the guys I saw, there was never one time where I was like, ooh, 25 stood out. And, again, it's only day one, so I don't want to overreact. But there was never one time I looked over at, at Paul and said, hey, man, 25 made a play. Hey, 25 did that. No. I, I did point out 29. Hey, 29 is fast, man. Ja'Cory Bennett's making some plays out there. Oh, there's 24. Oh, there's a 21. 25, not so much. Five, Diablo, not so much. Marcus Epps, you can see him floating around. But, again, just want to, you know, don't, don't get too crazy. It's only day one of Raiders training camp. Day two will be around 8.30 tomorrow morning. Who we got up next, Ari? Just Win Wendy. Oh, that's our good friend, Just Win Wendy. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Jim from Yonkers was asking about you the other day. <laughs> well, we won't get into that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so um, there is no one question. I had to call in anyway because I just, you know, I have to – to tell you what I'm thinking about, and that is uh, my biggest question is, hey, what about that offensive line? And you were talking about it earlier. How are James and Garoppolo going to get together? How are they going to be, you know, how many snaps are they going to get before September 10th? Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I'm, I'm saying that's one of the biggest questions. After the, after the third preseason game, then I'll have more questions you know, more questions answered. Yeah. But right now I'm like, okay, how's the offensive line and Jimmy G going to do, you know, and how are they going to sync up? So I'm just hoping there aren't too many changes to the offensive line so those guys can get used to Jimmy G. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, of course, everything you've said about the defense. And I got to say, Raider Mac, you know, I don't, I'm not going to hate on him because, you know, the first thing I thought of was, oh, God, I hope it's not another Vontez perfect thing where the, the league is like, oh, yeah, here comes this guy. We're going to penalize his ass off, right? You know, we don't want that. So we're hoping that Marcus Peters has matured a little and he can talk smack and he can do all the nasty things that are within the rules and not get penalties, right? Yeah, yeah. no, that's a great point. Wendy, thank you so much for the call. It's great to hear from you. And, yeah, that's, that's a good point because Marcus Peters runs hot. <laughs> he runs hot. I like it. I like that he runs hot, but there's times, and Paul Gutierrez pointed it out earlier today when he had him on the show around 3 o'clock, that there's times where, you know, he had to be pulled away from Coach Harbaugh. And, you know, there's times where he's been very temperamental. And it's like, it's like a gift and a curse. Like, you love that about him, 
You love the passion. You love the fire. But then at the same time, you have to know where the line is and where not to cross. And you don't want to have, like Wendy pointed out, like Raider Mac pointed out, you don't want to have a crazy penalty at the end of the game, like Jerry Tillery style that we saw last year against the Rams. You don't want to have a penalty that ends up costing you a game because these guys aren't going to hold the flag and be like, eh. The Raiders are all right. Don't worry about it. They, no, we won't. We won't throw this flag on this one. He, he's a he's a nice player. He's a good player. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to be like it's Marcus Peters. It's Marcus Blanken Peters. Yeah, we're going to throw that flag, right? And there's 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 a, a video floating around uh, Twitter that I saw yesterday that just made me laugh. And at the same time, it made me laugh. And and at the same time, realized like, oh, that could always be bad. And that was Marcus Peters when he was a member of the Rams. And uh, he was sitting on the bench, and some fan was yelling and heckling at him, early, uh, like close up to the rail. And uh, all you hear him say is, hey, where you from, cuz? Hey, where you from? I say, where you from? And then start walking closer and closer and closer and started going up the stairs towards the, you know, hey, where you from? And then it was like, oh, yeah, it's cool, man. You know, you know how. how it, was, it wasn't yeah, me. It was yeah, he's like, yeah, that's what I thought, you old. Blah, 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 blah. You know, that was, my, that was my edit right there. So you'd have to hit the well dump done. button. Thank you. That's what I do. But that's, I saw that, and it made me laugh, but then I realized, like, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Like that could be a problem. So, uh, you know, he does run hot. So he's got to he's got to realize that uh, that could cost the team. Uh, you know, that could cost him a penalty. That could cost him the game. I mean, there's a lot of things that that can cost him. But you know, it's kind of like that fine line. You you love the energy. You really love the energy. You love the passion. You love the fire. But you just hope that he can keep the fire contained. Four twenty one is the time. We'll come back. We'll get some uh, calls and texts. We'll get some sound from Max Crosby. Plus, we'll get to reason. Or excuse. All that still on the way here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Max Crosby right there speeding through his answer. We'll hear some Max Crosby sound in a matter of seconds. I like that beat right there, Ari. What was that? Uh okay, this is like uh, P Diddy. He had like the. That's why I like it. See, I knew it. See, I knew I liked it for a the reason. Three girls. I can't remember the name right now. But... Um, the three girls. Danity Kane. No, like later on. Um, <sighs> the three me. girls. I'll figure it out. Or maybe it was two two ladies. I oh, a little R and B group. It wasn't Danity Kane, the no. one that he put together making no, the that's band. Way later. Yeah, this is later on. I'm gonna get on the Google machine and find that out while you talk um, football. What about? <laughs> I'll try to think who it is now. Who was? Were they on press on the press play album? They had a couple songs like uh, the press play album was his. Were they on press play? Uh, maybe. Oh, that narrows it down. Thanks. I mean, there's a million. There was a million uh, different. Man, this is rough over here. <laughs> I'm trying to figure. I'm out. not known for my great researching skills, so we're clear. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I just wanted to know that beat was dope. Dream, I think that no, that's not that. That's either. not the He's dream. He's had so many. The dream Man, was the dude. The dream was the dude. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, no, on a well. I can't well stand done. I that one. No, yeah, that one. I don't like the dream. Let me tell you. No, I know they the, were kind of like a poppy group. Dirty money. That's what they're called. Oh yeah. Oh was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Diddy, dirty money. Yeah, and there was like two. I'm pretty sure it was like two singers. And yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. They had okay. You know, he'd be like bad boy in the background. There you he go. He did that on everything. Yeah, and and he's worth like 300 million. So he's doing it right. No, the dream. <laughs> I interviewed the dream one time, and so. I, I judge artists by the interaction I have with them, right? right yeah. Neo was fantastic. I mean, he was awesome a nice guy, dude, yeah. right? Great, great guy. Pitbull, one of my favorites, right? Oh, we've met a lot of the same people. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, he was I, super nice, too, though, Pitbull. Yeah, 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 Pitbull's awesome. He called me Little Chico. 
<laughs> so, I mean, it's this. You know, like in, in Kettle One Vodka, we drank it together. But that's another story. Dream, he came into the radio station. Baby Bash, that was a cool cat. Uh, he came into the, the radio station, and he was going to do an interview after the Fat, the fat Show in San Ho. Uh, it was one of those Wild 94.9 productions, and I was in Monterey at the time at uh, Jammin 97.5, I believe. Anyway, he was making his way from San Jose through the Monterey area, and so he stopped at the radio station to, to, to do his interviews. Well, he comes in, and you know, as I did earlier today, when I, was, I just wanted to get some salt in me, so I had those <laughs> little munchy chips or whatever, and I was trying to wolf them down before the show because yep. you can't go on the radio and talk. Like, I never understand why guys even come in the studio with food because you can't eat and talk on the radio at the same time. You can't. So unless you don't have any idea to talk on the radio, there's no reason for you to have food in the studio, period. So there's, I've never, I never have understood that. So he comes in with a bag of Cheetos. No joke. Who was he dating at the time? His, he, he, no, he had a, a good-looking uh, woman. <laughs> I can't remember her name, but she was – anyway, that's a whole other side story. Because I remember I was so angry when he left. He came in with a big bag of Cheetos, and he was, uh, and he so he wanted to come in to do an interview. So he's eating, and you know oh, Cheetos no. bag. He's you know Cheetos bags make yes. noise. So while I'm trying to interview him, he's he's digging I'll do in. It. Yeah, yes, yes. It sounded just like that, but not even yeah, but not even that clean. It sounded you know crunchy. Oh, it drives me nuts. So I asked him a question, and he's eating. And so I thought, okay, he's got to be more professional than this. He's going to, after this one, he's going to realize, all right, let me get serious about this interview. Some chips fall in his beard, <laughs> and they, they hang there. Oh. I ask another question. He answers it, and he's still crunching. So finally, the third question, I'm pissed. And at this point in my career, I, you, you can't tell me nothing anyway, right? I feel like it's, it's a privilege for you to be on with me. And again, that was, you know, <laughs> might have been a little cocky at the time, but that's fine. We live and learn. So I just told him straight up on the air. I was like, hey, dude, do you really want to do this? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I'm here, whatever, man. I go, no, no, seriously, like, do you not want to do this interview? And he was like, hey, it's, it's, it's on you. And I said, all right, I'm good then. Anyway, so here's uh, so-and-so, and I went to the song, and that was it. <laughs> and I was like, get your ass out of here. I didn't say it like that, but that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and he went to the bathroom, and he's like, oh, maybe that's why. I've got Cheetos. No, maybe because you came beard. in crunching no, Cheetos just... while you're trying to do an interview. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm doing you a favor. And for your own for your own self-image, like, come on, like we're here. Oh, with... Shorty is a tin. Maybe that was a song. Oh. Shorty is a tin. Yeah, I had a love. A tin. Uh, is a tin. Oh. By the way, this I was is like, a... you're a two. Get your <laughs> get your number two looking ass out of here. This is a quick funny thing. You actually are talking about R and B singer songwriter dream. Yes. I was talking about Diddy also had some group. It is like a pop group, I yeah. thought. Yeah. So, and they were called Dream? Yes. Uh-huh. And it was uh, some, uh, Loves You Not. It was like, he loves me, he loves me not, or something like that. What um, song was it that? It was pretty bad. That's, that's why. awful. Yeah. It was like a pop group. So that's why I figured that's what you meant. No, like, I was yeah, talking I'm, about the Dream, the producer. I see. Yes. Yeah, I, met was, him, I met him pretty quickly, too, as well. Was he a... Was, was he a what was it, it? It was It was so quick, there wasn't really anything to... You don't have a bad I handed story off about my like little, I do. I handed off my little CD at the time, you know, and that was the end of that. So, uh, I do have uh, I do have a quick story about Bobby Valentino. If you remember him from Slow Down, oh, he was Bobby Valentino was cool. He's a short dude. Uh, he was cool, but he kind of we had like a few of the. the Why are we just dogging people I'm, on the air today? Go ahead. Eh, well, it is what it is. We had a few of the the younger girls on the street team. They're, these girls are like eighteen, nineteen, and he's just like standing there, and he's just like, I have to urinate, <laughs> and they just walked off. So. Christina Milian, wasn't that who the dream was married to? Christina yeah, Milian? Yeah, I think you're right. Wow. Now that is 
That's a 10 right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shawty is a 10. He was not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, so. There's your education for the day. On back the here on Unnecessary Roughness <laughs> on Radio Nation Radio 920. We're airing all our grievances out today. Yep. Reason or excuse, the dream was hungry while he kept eating <laughs> while I was giving him an interview. It's a damn excuse. Max Crosby ain't talking about no excuses. There ain't no excuses when it comes to Max Crosby. This dude was training and has been training since January 30th. Think about it. It's July. First day of training camp. He's been training since January 30th. Super Bowl hadn't even happened, right? Exactly. Here's Max Crosby talking about improving everyone around him work ethic. Obviously, he's got the work ethic. He's trying to improve everyone else's. You know, I I talked to... George uh, Tarlis, a rookie, all you know, literally every day about it. But you don't just—it doesn't just happen overnight. You know, when I was a rookie, a second-year guy, like I'd still like in my head, I'd always seen like the future and how I think I could be as a player and what I can do. But my actions and everything weren't fully aligned with that. So um, you could think about it, you could talk about it, you can do it sometimes. But if you're really trying to do it at the highest level, you got to do it every single day. It's got to be a way of life. You know, like I've, I've said before, there's no balance. Uh, when you're in it like this, at this level, you can't, you know, you can't be 50-50, um, and that's just the reality. So, yeah, that's what I try to tell the young guys. Like, some people don't want to sacrifice certain <laughs> but if you don't want to sacrifice certain things, then you're not going to get what you want. You know, it's just, that's honestly, you know, it's just the truth. And, uh, you know, I've talked to Tim Grover. He says the same exact thing. You know, he's one of the greatest trainers, trained with Michael Jordan, and he talks about it all the time. There's no balance. Uh, you got to be relentless. Um, there's a difference, you know, you can be good, you can be great, and you can be unstoppable. So, like, for me, I want to be unstoppable um, in everything I do. So that's why I try to show the guys. Max Crosby right there on improving others' work ethics, just kind of getting everyone to get up on his level. And that's something that we've talked about quite a bit. You know, you don't necessarily need another Max Crosby, but you need guys with that same relentless attitude and that that uh, that spirit and passion to want to get better and continue to get better each and every day and do everything it takes to want to be the best. Like you heard him say, he, he wants to be the best. Regardless of where he ends up, it's not going to be from a lack of effort. That's for sure. And so, again, talking about making the team, better each and every day. Max Crosby talked a lot about making the team, setting the standard, raising the bar. So here's Max Crosby talking about just making the team better each and every day. You know, I can't make any predictions. You know, I know that the guys are showing up. I know the guys are working. I know we're, we're detailed and doing things together. Um, that's all we can control right now, taking it one day at a time, being where our feet are. Um, I just try to lead by example in every single way. You know, that's, that's been my main focus, being a better leader. Um, you know, not only just by example, um, but, you know, vocally uh, at times. When I feel like it's needed. Uh, so, yeah, I want to be the best version of myself every single day, and I'm trying to raise, you know, the standard is the standard. I want want to bring everybody up with me. So, um, that's that's my goal every day. Is just be a be a um, you know a light for everybody and just show them how it's done and, and bring those guys with me. Not just you know do it myself. It's the whole D line. We're running out to practice. Try to get everybody going, you know, and that's not just defense, it's offense as well. I don't care who it is. If it's old linemen I got to talk to, receivers, whatever, like, I just want to be the most complete version of myself to, you know, help this team win, and that's, that's my goal every day. Max talking about really just leading by example and speaking up when he needs to, and I think that the Raiders in particular, we've mentioned this on the show as well, I think that they need someone who's vocal all the time. Right? Denzel Perryman was that guy where you always heard him chirping. Maybe Marcus Peters could help be that guy. Right, he's always chirping. I think that they need someone out there that you hear all the time. You need to just hear him getting guys fired up, getting guys lined up, getting guys straightened out. Whatever the case may be, there's always kind of that guy that you want to hear from as well all the time. I think Max is doing a great job. 
leading by example, setting the standard, raising the standard, doing whatever the case may be. But I still think that they need that guy that you always hear out there barking out this, barking out that. I think it just goes a really long way. On uh, on Tuesday, I asked head coach Josh McDaniels about making making goals or setting goals for the defense, you know, sacks and turnovers, something we talked about. I, I've, I've brought up the 40 and 20, right? I, I feel like that that's something that they should be looking at. So I asked Max Crosby, you know, the best defender that they have, <laughs> the guy who's the leader of the defense. I asked him about it, and this was somehow he brought up, he talked about goals he was setting and goals that he sets each and every year. So I asked him about the goals, and is there goals that has been set for the defense, like sacks, pressures, interceptions, turnovers. Yeah, honestly, there's no there's no number. Um, we don't put a number on anything. No, when it comes to that, we want to be the best version of ourselves, you know, because sometimes people put numbers on things and you're putting a ceiling on yourself. Like, I don't ever put a number on my sack total or pressures or whatever. I just try to improve literally one day at a time. So, yeah, two years ago, I didn't know I was going to get 100 pressures. I could have said, all right, I'm going to get 70, and then you end up with 100, and you're like, all right, well, now, <laughs> you know, I'm setting my bar too low. Like, for me, I, I try to... For me, I I know where I want to be and I know where I'm going. So uh, I'm never going to put a ceiling on, on myself, and I don't want any of the guys in the room to do that either. So, yeah, if we're all on the same page and flying around, you know, you never know what you can do. You know, it's sky's the limit. So Max Crosby on not really having a number or some target, and I realized that even though he said that there's no number and he doesn't want to put a ceiling on anything, I mean, he's had his own goals with numbers. If you remember back a couple seasons ago, he he even mentioned the hundred pressures. That was a goal. That was a goal was to get you know hundred pressures. What was the, what did Trevor Sikama say in that interview? Hundred pressures, hundred million. Wasn't that? I mean, it was something around there, right? I mean, there's there's literally. I guess even if you don't really realize that you're putting a number on it, I don't feel like you're putting a ceiling. I feel like you're you're just looking at something that you're you're placing above you that you're trying to go reach. And so that's why when I say hey, forty sacks, twenty interceptions. Hell, if you get 50 sacks, great. You went over it. Fine. No be- no problem. If you go and get 25 intercepts, great. If you get 18, if you get 15, who cares? At least there was something that you could see and feel like you can, you, you're trying to reach. And if you do reach it, great. If you don't, well, how close did you get? Right? So I don't think, that there, I don't think it's necessarily putting a ceiling on anything. I think it's just putting something there, uh, a target, something for you to go and try to chase. Final soundbite you'll hear from Mad Max Crosby, and then we'll ask for call number nine uh, in the Lotus Summer of Fun, trying to get you registered for four tickets to the Aviators game, which will more importantly get you into win and get you closer to that Orlando Disney trip, that uh, Orlando Universal Studios trip, that Kennedy Space Center trip, that four-day trip. But, you, of course, first got to win tickets to the Aviators game, so we're going to get you qualified for those tickets to the Aviators game. We're going to do that after you hear from Max Crosby talking about that series quarterback, which I have not got a chance to watch. I've seen snippets here and there, but every time I try to watch it, something happens. But uh, him and, and Patrick Mahomes had a nice little back and forth that has been uh, well-documented on quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had so many people reaching out, um, but I love it. You know, honestly, it's cool that the fans kind of get to see the other side of it. Um, you know, obviously, KC fans are like, Bob Crosby, he's this and that. <laughs> I really don't care. You know, I love it. I'm going to keep going harder. So they're going to have to get used to it. But uh, it is what it is. You know, I, I honestly, you know, it's that's who I am. You know, now they, they get to see it and, uh, you know, a little bit up more up close. But I think it's incredible. You know, it's it's cool. You know, I I was telling uh, some of the people, I'm like, y'all should mic me up for a whole year. It'd be a straight, <laughs> cra- crazy <laughs> documentary. But I, 
they need to because it'll be crazy. But no, you know, in reality, it's it's awesome. You know, getting to see Mahomes, like the dude's a dog. You know, there's a reason why he wins. That's the, that's the type of guys I want around me. You know, and, uh, that's why we compete. I know I'm, I'm one of the best. He's one of the best, and that's what you know that brings that competitive nature out of you know out of us. So yeah, you know, people people get to see that. It's pretty cool. So there's Max Crosby talking about him and Patrick Mahomes on uh, on quarterback, that Netflix series that's going on, that at some point I will actually see the whole thing and be able to enjoy it. And uh, like I said, I've seen a little bit of snippets going around uh, uh, Twitter, so I understand what uh, everyone's talking about, but I haven't had a chance to digest the whole thing. But uh, you can see he's having fun with it, and he would love to be mic'd up. I think that'd be cool. Mic up Max Crosby all season long, and then at the end of the year just put it all together. I think that'd be a hell of a job for the Raiders to do. Now, that'd be a lot of – you'd have to bleep a lot. But who cares? You know, raw and uncut. I think that that would be uh, a lot of fun to hear from Mad Max Crosby. So uh, there you go. Those was a few of the sound bites from earlier today. Again, we talked to Devontae Adams, Marcus Epps, Max Crosby, and, of course, Jimmy G. Caller number nine is what we're looking for. Again, Lotus Summer of Fun. We're trying to get you qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game and a shot at winning the weekly grand prize trip, which is a week uh, a trip for four to Orlando's Disney World, Orlando Universal Studios, plus a tour of the Kennedy Space Center. Take the trip or take the $3,000 cash. you got to get registered for those four tickets to the Aviators game. Caller number nine is what we're looking for right now on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Reason or Excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. <laughs> All right, you ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. Shout out to my man Jerry. He got hooked up. He's registered for those four tickets to the Aviators game. It's a load of summer of fun, and boy, it's hot. We're trying to make sure that everyone has some fun. So let's do it. It's cold in here, man. You're tripping. No, it was. It, you know what's <laughs> funny? The AC is on now, and so it does feel like it's a little chilly. But earlier, probably in the 3 o'clock hour, it was starting to get a little warm. It's like it plays with you. Like, ah, you look like you're kind of... It's like feeling good i'm gonna <laughs> yeah it, it's it's like the weather in texas shout out to my man tim <laughs> in texas because one minute it'll be raining the next minute it'll be super cold the next minute it'll be hot it's like right. what in the world is going on like it just it, it, i don't know but hey it's all good amazing i've never been in a radio station studio that didn't have some kind of ac problems yeah that's true whether it's either hot cold whatever. my old station at espn central texas dog it must have known i didn't like the cold right <laughs> Because it hated me every single day. I'd be in there in a hoodie, and it's out. It's outside. It's super hot. That's it, how I feel sometimes. Like, you got something against me? Right. What, is, what is this? I, 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 what, what did Michael Jordan say? And I took it personal. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's not get personal anymore. Right. Let's, let's play a reason or excuse. What All you got? All right. Let's go. Uh, I'm going to totally nail this. Broncos defensive end, Ioma Uwazakrike. Yeah. Became the 10th player since April to be suspended for a violation of the NFL's gambling policy, and the head coach is not happy with the league. Uh, In an interview with USA Today, Sean Payton sounded off on the NFL over the lack of clarity that the players are given with regard to the gambling rules, and he said the number of violations, like I said, 10 players so far, uh, reflects poorly on the league. So, is the lack of clarity a reason why this has already happened with a handful of players now, or is that just an excuse and we should all just blindly follow the NFL's rules that they clearly give us? Well, I'll say this, and I think it's an excuse at this point, okay? And, and and look, I'm the same guy who a couple weeks ago was saying that that was a reason because when it all started happening, it was a reason. And I understand that this is stuff that happened last year, but at some point, you're, you're seeing all these different situations pop up, so you have to be more cautious. Again, I know this didn't just happened in the last week or so. These are, these are all from last year, but at some point when you're starting to see – you know, more and more guys this happening to now you got to realize like, okay, enough people did not 
really focus in on 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 what they can and cannot do. Like I, I, I give the example of Green Valley Ranch all the time. I walk through those double doors. Am I walking in a casino or am I walking in a sports book? Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think earlier in the week or even when this this piece of news broke, look, man, if you don't know, if you have a question, just don't do it. Just, yeah, that's you know, it. just and, and look, none of the guys that have got busted have big names. So guys like Devontae Adams are like, yeah, I'll just stay home. I'm good. Guys like, you know, big time names, guys that, you know, just want to make sure they're available instead of taking the shot. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. So I, at this point, sorry. as much as I'd like to say it's a reason and that the NFL is messing up and they need to be clearer, which they probably do, I'm still going to say it's an excuse at this point. All right. Sorry about that, Ioma. Oh, I'm good. Two out of two. Look at that. ESPN's Tim McMahon. <laughs> the ESPN's Tim McMahon has uh, said the reasons that the Grizzlies uh, were going over to the NBA now. Okay. Uh, to part, wanted to part ways with Dylan Brooks was uh, the reasons are that they're misunderstood, he said in quotes. Uh, he says that it was Brooks's shot selection that was the big problem, more so than his mouth and behavior and attitude during the Lakers series. Uh, as you probably know, uh, Brooks drew the attention for his attitude and uh, also uh, the, the comments he had with LeBron and everything with the Lakers in that series, which uh, he did not back up his talk. So which is the real reason and the real excuse in your mind? Is it his poor shot selection or his attitude and behavior that is is why? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a reason. I think the 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 poor shot selection is the reason why he's gone. He was terrible. He was ter- he thought he was better than he was, right? I mean, he thought whatever he was saying, and it's okay to overhype yourself. Hell, sure. I do it all the time, right? I talk about how great I am at something, and it's cool. But at some point, you can't always believe everything you say. You have to realize that. Well, back hold it on, up too. right? Unless unless it's Vegas Jess who's pushing off in the small of my back and offensive <sighs> passive interference. Yeah, I mean, you know, then that's not on me. But outside of that. You know what I mean? Like, his shot selection was awful. It was bad. He he dresses bad. He talks <laughs> fly. But that's cool. I don't mind that guy. You know, you, you like those guys as long as they're on your team. You don't like them if you're playing against them. So I'm okay with that. I don't mind the edge. I think he's going to do really well in Houston. I think Coach Adoka is going to like that kind of dude. But he's also going to write him in and say, hey, look, look here, bro. Just like Jordan Poole. Perfect example. When Jordan Poole in, I think, the Sacramento series shot a, a ball that was a Steph Curry-type ball, that's like terrible shot selection, right? What are you doing? You're not Steph Curry. You're not a Splash Brother, even though your last name is Poole. That's the closest you are to a Splash is your damn last name. You are not him, right? And so that used to always frustrate me. I couldn't stand Jordan Poole because he thought he was someone who he wasn't. Well, Dylan Brooks fell into that 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 lane of he, he was somebody or he felt he was somebody greater than his, his real ability. But he's a gnat. He's a guy that will frustrate the hell out of you. He has a really good role in the league. But being a guy that averages 25 points a game is not it. So I think, yeah, the, the shot selection is the real reason why he's out of Memphis. All right. Maybe he'll uh, hear that and uh, take that to his next team, hopefully. Jess, Vegas Jess just texted me and said, uh, I apologize, Q. So there you go. I hope he put, like, a funny emoji to, to be sarcastic. Cause no, he was, no he, apology needed. I, I got your back on this one, Jeff. He, he definitely Jess. didn't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll knock out one, one more quick one. I've been meaning to get this one on. It's just random. But the uh, the Sag after after a strike that's going on right now with the Screen Actors Guild. Oh, the writers and everybody? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. The, I mean, the industry clearly, just like the radio industry and everything, you know, any media, all this stuff, is it's constantly rapidly changing. Uh, and in this case, it results in much more streaming and different technology. And that changes how the revenue and residuals are actually earned. So it's like a whole new ballgame. So with the change not really being a new thing, like, let's be honest, technology is always fluid, always changing, nonstop for like the last century at least, right? So... Uh, 
it is it just like it is what it is the industry's changing that's the excuse we're not going to pay you or is that an actual legit reason um and i will add some more development like if you if you're paying attention at all when you have a second like there's people out there that are like yeah i was on this show you know who i am you've seen me blah blah mm-hmm. blah and like, but we don't get that kind of money. We don't, we're not making millions. Oh, or so anything, they're running so. backs. They're the running backs of of of, Very of screen print, yep. or screenwriting. Nailed it. Yes, they are getting that show up there. They are getting your ratings. They're getting it. You know, all the they're way. Doing, they're doing. They they got three hundred and fifty three carries in a season, and they can't get a contract. So why session. can't you pay me? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Show's doing so well. What's up? Unfortunately, I think it's probably a reason. Yeah. I mean, it's it sounds like a piss poor excuse, but as we've seen. We've seen how the industry, how all the industries have changed. Probably going to be a reason for rates to go up higher on on your uh, oh, you know, your you know services, absolutely, and everything else. So. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. Is that uh, is that the last one? That's so I'm, the I'm last gonna roll one. with reason on that one. All right. How about that? Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. All right. They're still making a lot more than some of us. I'm just saying. <laughs> I got this text from uh, uh, Brad and Concord on the don'tbebroke.com text line as we get ready to close out the show. He said, these memory lane lesson learned stories have been great. I played free safety through junior college and was feeling sassy since I lead the team in deflections. However, one time the pass was in the air and felt like I was the only one out there on D. I flew straight to the ball. Problem was the strong safety had it right in his hands and I pancaked him. My own player and the ball hit the turf. He didn't say anything to me. He didn't have to. The look said it all. Why do we have these things out there, Q? <laughs> we can undercut our own abilities. There you go. Uh, Brad oh. and Concord, appreciate that. And that's funny, man. That is feeling free right now. <laughs> no that's doubt. something I would do, by the way. Oh, I know you would do Maybe that. Maybe not actually successfully pancake, but yes. No, yeah, you would. The only pancake Oops. you would do is for my yeah. hop. There you go. You, already, you knew that joke was Good coming. Good one. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was creative. That was a new one, Q. Never heard of that one. What's up? Actually, speaking of which, do you want to hit this National Day real quick? Yeah, go on with it. Yeah, because it kind of has some tie into the pancake. This is actually, uh, today is National Bagel Fest Day. I'll rock with this. Wait, hold on, dude. Whoa. How in the hell does a pancake and a bagel fest have it's something to do with- breakfast foods. Bagel you fest- see the correlation? No, I, that's not even close to the same thing. <laughs> No, it's not the same thing, but it was a good. They don't, they don't, I thought it was a good segue. It's a good not. Way it to wasn't. Take us into Pan, bagel fest and pancakes are not even close to. The, I nope. should have said, all right, hey, what do you usually eat for breakfast? I don't Q? eat breakfast. Mm, uh, <laughs> I lost this one. Yeah, you did. You did. All right. Well, in the meantime, if I can get some pancakes, <laughs> there's this one really good like sandwich breakfast sandwich that I like. I'll Is it out. on a bagel? No, I don't even like bagels. <laughs> I don't like bagels. There was oh, someone wow. in the media room today that had bagels, and I was like, ah, what are we doing here? So I can't ask you any of these questions or tell you how to observe it, all that stuff. No, no, I'm not, I'm not eating bagels. I'm going to give you a quick fun fact, though. You might find this interesting. All if right. you're familiar with Lender's bagels, they're like the kind of uh, oh, yeah, yeah. frozen ones that yeah, everybody yeah. has. I'm Nothing sure special. Right. Apparently, Murray Lender, who is the owner of that, is the one who founded National Bagel Fest Day. How convenient. Of course she did. <laughs> it's she, never about money. She found her own day. She found her own exactly. day. Come on. Come how on, convenient. Marie. Do better. Think outside the box. Like, how come she didn't come up with, like, National Waffle Day? Because <laughs> waffles and bagels have nothing to do with each other. Right? Well, exactly. That's why it would have been more. I would have given her more props if Ooh. she had thought outside the box. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good one.